You are listening to Weight Loss Made Real, and this is episode 61. I'm your host, master weight loss coach and author, Cookie Rosenblum. Today and every Tuesday, I'm here to coach you and teach you how to end your emotional eating, how to bust through those binges, and how to leave all your overeating habits in the past. If you just found me, welcome. And if you're a regular listener, welcome back. I'm glad you're here. Today, we're going to talk about exercise a little bit. So get comfy and get ready to be coached because we're going to dive right in. Before I begin, I want to say thank you and give a little shout out to some of you who've written me letters just in the past few weeks. And please forgive me if I don't mention all the names, but a special thanks to every single one of you who took the extra time to send me an email. I so appreciate it. And all of you who've been leaving beautiful reviews, I'm totally open to feedback and suggestions. And I always want to hear if you have a topic that you would like me to talk about on the podcast. So keep those letters coming. And a special thank you to Jackie and Heather and Pat and Laura and Clarissa and Francis. Somebody wrote me a really funny letter and I'm waiting to get her permission to read it to you. So maybe on the next podcast. So what we're going to talk about today is moving your body. I like the way that sounds better than the word exercise, moving your body. Do you have obstacles or do you have excuses? So the things that we will cover under the topic of moving your body is why do it? Why do it at all? And if you do decide you want to do it, what holds you back? And what is the difference between an obstacle and an excuse? How to make a plan, how to develop the mindset to actually make it happen, and then troubleshooting some of the detours that you might encounter along the way. If you are listening and you are already moving your body, my hat is off to you because it's a wonderful habit to have. It doesn't mean that you can't take care of yourself and lose weight without it, but it's just such a great part of self-care that I would encourage all of you to listen if you're not already doing it and just at least consider it. Let's look at the first question. Why do it at all? There are countless articles and scientific journals and medical journals and all kinds of articles in the news that talk about the benefits of exercise. So I'm not going to give you the science, but let's talk about the generalities. Yes, you can burn some calories, but we no longer look at exercise as a way to lose weight. It's not because you can't exercise away what you eat. The movement that you can do can't keep up with the rate that you can eat, not for any of us, but what it can do can greatly improve your health in the immediate and in the long term. It can help you sleep better. It can even help your moods. And I look at it as one of the things that you do to take great care of yourself. I do not look at it as a weight loss tool. Yes, if you do strength training, you can slightly increase your muscle mass and muscle is a more metabolically active tissue than fat. 
So muscle can burn more calories even when you're resting. But the benefits are so much greater than the little bit of weight that you can lose from working out. So if you're not already doing it, I would consider it. When it comes to self-maintenance, the things that you do just to take care of you, your body, and who you are, we tend to think of things that are in the category of a manicure or a pedicure or a massage, all wonderful things. But moving your body is something that you want to look at doing for the length of your life to keep you active, independent, moving, and flexible longer than if you didn't do it. I've worked out in different forms, many different forms, on and off since I first did Jane Fonda when I was 17 years old. And my exercise or my movement routine has changed many, many times. But one thing I know is that I definitely feel better when I do it than when I don't. I may not notice and be able to directly point to the side effects that I get, the benefits that I get when I do move my body. But when I don't, when I'm traveling and I just cannot, when my hours prevent me occasionally, or when I'm sick and it's better to preserve my energy to healing and getting better, I know that that's when I feel stiff and achy and inflexible and just not quite myself. And I'm sure my husband would probably tell you that I'm easier to get along with when I am moving on a regular basis than when I'm not. So there's lots of reasons to do it. But if you're not regularly moving your body, let's take a little bit of a look at what might hold you back. What holds you back mostly comes under the category of what you tell yourself. In other words, what you think. You may be thinking there's no time. You know, I work, I have kids, I have a commute. I don't want to wake up earlier than I already do. I simply have no time. Or I'm so out of shape that it hurts. It hurts me to work out and I don't want to do anything that's going to cause me pain. And if it's not helping me lose weight, why bother? Why should I? Or maybe you might be thinking, I'm embarrassed. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want people to see how I've let my body get this out of shape. So maybe your hurdle is that it's not hard to do it as much as it really feels overwhelmingly hard to get started. So your problem might be what holds you back is getting started, or it might be once you start, it's hard to continue because of all those thoughts in your head. All those thoughts that we just talked about, there's no time, it hurts, it's not going to help me lose weight anyway, I'm uncomfortable. These are simply thoughts. They're not facts. They're your version of the facts. The simple fact, the circumstances, you have a body. The thought, the story that you tell yourself are all those things that we just mentioned. Now, the danger is that those thoughts don't make you feel so good. They create some really negative feelings. When you have negative feelings and you're trying to push yourself to do something that you don't already do, to move, to create a new habit, well, it feels 10 times as hard when you have negative feelings to make yourself take an action. So if you think those thoughts, it hurts, I'm embarrassed, I can't get started, maybe it's too late for me, those thoughts create feelings of defeat before you even start. They're not going to lead you to action. They're going to lead you to inaction. The result, you never get started and you stay the same. But you may be saying to yourself, I have a reason. I have an excuse. Let's look at the difference between an obstacle and an excuse. 
for anything that you want to do, anything that you're trying to start that you're not already doing. The big difference between an obstacle and an excuse is your perspective. If you think of an obstacle, something that's preventing you from moving your body, it's a reason, it's an explanation, but it also can be looked at as a challenge or a roadblock, but it allows you to take responsibility for it. What's really good about that is if you take responsibility for it, it opens you up to find a way to find a solution. If you have an excuse, then that makes you a victim. It makes you dependent upon what happens in the world as if you moving your body is not up to you. Finding a way out doesn't happen because excuses shut you down. But obstacles like roadblocks are something that you just figure out a way to control what you can. It puts you in motion. It heads you towards growth. It helps you figure out how to get around the roadblock and actually make it happen. So I want you to ask yourself if your reasons for not doing it are excuses, like it's out of my control, I just can't do it because of A, B, and C, or is it simply a reason because if it's a reason, you're back in the driver's seat and you can find a way around that reason. Now, once you decide if your reason is really a reason or an excuse, now you can make a plan. And there's a few things to consider when you're going to start moving your body from the position of not having done it on a regular basis, maybe for a very long time, maybe forever. Consider what you like to do. Now, if you haven't moved your body much in the past 5, 10, 20 years, who knows, then you may not have any ideas of things that you like. If you used to move as a child, think about that. I know it sounds a little silly, but what did you like to do when you were a child? Maybe you were not the active type when you were a kid. That's okay. Let's just figure out what you don't want to do, what you're not drawn to, and that will leave us with a lot of choices for what you are. For example, might you want to do something alone, or are you drawn to groups? Or maybe one of the great things would be if you could find a buddy who could commit to meeting you, even if it's for a simple walk after work when the weather gets better, or a five-minute walk before work with your partner, with a friend, with your child, with your pet. Is it something that you would be more comfortable doing at home? Or are you open to being not only outside, but maybe at a health club, maybe at a gym? And of course, you know that there's so many different types of exercise that come under three main categories, strength training, cardio, and flexibility. And under each one of those categories are so many different ways to move. One thing that you cannot claim, and this will be an excuse, is that there's just not anything that appeals to you. Because I promise you, if you do a little bit of investigation, you will find something that appeals to you. So you've thought about why you might want to do it. We've looked at what holds you back. We've looked at your excuses and explained the difference between an obstacle that you're going to find a way around and an excuse that's going to keep you stuck. And now we've talked about actually sitting down and making a plan. But in order to take the next steps, the action part, that's where you need to do the work in your mind first. You need to develop, create, the mindset to get yourself now to do what you want to do. 
One way of looking at it is to look at your end game, which we've talked about in earlier podcasts, and there's an exercise on creating your end game in my book. The end game will give you a vision of what you want to happen. When you're trying to do anything, it's always helpful to have a vision of how you want it to end up so you know what you're working towards, you know if you're on the right path. I want you to ask yourself, if you want to be the type of person who moves her body on a regular basis, how do you want to see yourself in the world? Now know that going from not moving much to moving is not the old on and off switch. It's very gradual. There are books on habit change and there are books that talk about starting with one sit up a day. And that's a little bit like flossing one tooth a day. You just do it just to get started. We know that one crunch or one sit up is not going to do anything to change your body, but it's going to change your mindset from somebody who doesn't move her body to somebody who does as you get used to it. I want you to look at doing it for the doing itself, not just for the benefit, not for what you will get out of it eventually, because let's face it, the benefit is at the end or the middle, at least of the road. In the beginning, the benefit needs to be the fact that you are proud of yourself for doing it, for getting up and changing something about yourself that eventually will give you some concrete benefits. But for right now, just to be proud of yourself for being in the process of doing it. You do not want to wait to give yourself a big hug or a pat on the back because you're not at the weight you want to be yet, or you haven't run yet, or you haven't been in a marathon, or you haven't walked a mile yet. None of that matters. Those are goals for the future. Right now, I want you to reward yourself and think about the tiny steps that you're taking. Now, I want you to make the steps super tiny, kind of like flossing that one tooth. Everything counts. Don't think that it's not big enough to bother with. But I don't want you to get stuck in researching the whole idea of what to do and when to do and what equipment you need. Keep it as simple as possible and take tiny steps, but make sure that they're not just intellectual steps, thinking about it and wondering and reading and getting on the internet. Along with doing that, do something physical. Take some physical action, even if you walk for one minute. All I want you to do is get started and start looking at yourself as a woman who moves her body or a man. It's just important to start seeing yourself differently than you do right now. Now, things might come up as you start to put this in motion because it's not yet a habit. You might travel, you might get sick, you might have an injury. And I don't mean so much from moving your body, but these are things that take us out of our regular routine and put us into plan B mode. And you might not know whether to change your routine or quit or push through something that's a challenge, but that's exactly what a plan B is for, is when things are not normal for you, that does not mean that you sit down in the road and trash the whole plan and give up. All it means is that you think, all right, things are changing. What do I need to adapt? What do I need to do to make this continue to happen? You might even shock yourself and ask yourself the question, how can this be fun? 
How can this be easy? Don't assume that it's going to be hard. Don't assume it's going to be a struggle. I'd like you to shock yourself and really look at how it can be the smallest, easiest change that you undertake. I want you to focus on something for the next few days because your ultimate goal with moving your body is for it to become a part of your life, right? You want it to be so natural that it's just what you do, that you don't have to give it that much thought, but you do plan for it. You do make some accommodations for it. You do make sure it happens. So I want you to take four days at a time, four days where you give yourself the commitment that in the tiniest way, you're going to do something physical for four days in a row. Because what that will do for you is change your image of yourself from someone who doesn't move her body to somebody who does. You may not be where you want to be ultimately, but you are a woman or a man who moves her body or his body. So that's what I want you to stay focused on now. That's it for this subject today. We'll come back to exercise again, and I'd love for you to let me know how you're doing. If you're new here today, don't forget to stop by the show notes and grab a copy of my downloadable book, Clearing Your Path to Permanent Weight Loss. It's free for you and you'll be able to learn exactly what I teach all my new clients. Now, one of the exercises in there is creating your end game. And if you're not moving now, that exercise in the book will help you plot out a picture of what you want this to look like even if you've never done it before. And that will help you take those steps to get towards your goal and make them easier. I hope to see you back here next week where we will continue to work on your emotional eating and your binge eating step-by-step until they both become something you used to do. I know that's your ultimate goal. But for now, this is your Coach Cookie reminding you that as you search for answers, keep it real just like you and I will see you next week.